Content warnings can be found in the description. Last time on Operation Redline. The window rolls down as there's like a puff of smoke that exits through the window. Hey, you the Sandman? Sandy sprints into the van. <laughs> you have a giant refrigerator box sitting in this hallway. Sandy goes inside and gets a crowbar and just pries the front off of it. Spielberg is watching like a child on Christmas. We have received word that the Nova Space Initiative, who have been monitoring Starfall's course for almost a decade, has plans to interfere with its trajectory. We think that this trajectory, the new course, is going to land somewhere in Northern Africa. And this rocket that they are planning on using to impact this meteor in chains is going to launch sometime in the next 24 hours. Sandy looks at the clock where he wasted three hours of their prep time in a restaurant and then uh, motions to join him outside as he heads towards the cab. What a funny guy. Uh, You know... She's got, and then you like shut the door and start walking off uh, towards this boat. And as you guys approach it, I mean, the area is very clear. You don't see anything in your sights as you guys are peering off, maybe slightly suspiciously going up to the dock. It's fully lit in moonlight. Everything is just kind of quiet and you hear a few frogs riveting. Uh, maybe the sound of like a fish smacking a bug out of the water as you guys approach this boat and see a key in the ignition. God, tactical is driving, isn't it? Alright, Sandy will turn the key and drive the boat. Okay. That's a real good idea. Spielberg cops on. I, I hate that my zero tactical is the better one than our motherfucker <laughs> with <laughs> minus three. <laughs> so on this map with the image you have been provided, you can see the location of four different complexes spread out. Probably like a two hundred and fifteen acre lot. That has been segmented for this agency. These four different buildings are kind of scattered along. Um, You notice that section E is next to the water and section B is next to the water as well. B being the launch pad complex and E being the welcome center and backup launch control center as designated by this printout that you have received on your phones. Uh, Where do you think we should go first? Should we go straight for the launch pad? Or should we go in for the backup one? Maybe take that out first, try to do it quietly, and then we go on to the main one. Because I feel like the main one's going to be a lot more guarded. We should start at the welcome center, get an inconspicuous vehicle. Okay, like your thought process, like your thought process. Any other ideas, Sandman? Any options you want to throw on the boat? Figure it out as we go. <laughs> I fucking love this shit. And Sandy will uh, sail, boat, drive, drive, yeah, drive, on. drive off. Yeah. So you drive, and you do like the second offshoot on on off to the left. Um, as you go le- around a very windy, bendy river. Um, kind of checking your phone and looking at the satellite image that has been provided kind of navigating forward uh, as close to the welcome center and backup launch center as, or the backup launch control center as you can. 
to where you start to approach and maybe shut it off and coast on in to a kind of steep embankment off into the water, uh, maybe tying it off somewhere onto a stump or something to keep the boat. What are you doing with the boat as you guys approach the land? Sandy will actually take the rope that he still has from the last job and tie it up to the shore. Okay, yeah, so you do that, and you guys now kind of embank on the side of this center off in the woods. And you can see light coming off at the top of the crest of this hill, just beyond the tree line up above. Uh, when we're putting the um, the boat there, is there like any reeds or anything that we can kind of push it into? Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's fine. You can like push it up against, oh, some reeds and stuff. I would say there's some like yeah, so it's overgrown like not, bushes obviously. and trees on the side, and you guys could hide that pretty easily. Cool. Yep. Just didn't want it being, like, you can fucking see a boat from miles away right there. Yeah, so I'd say you guys are, like, kind of walking up to the woods looking at this map as you guys get to the top of this kind of hill, the crest of it, where the tree line kind of stops. But you're still very well hidden from the moonlight as you peer across a parking lot that is barren this late at night um, with actually only two cars that are just unmarked black cars. They look like... Very shitty Honda Civics, right? Um, sitting outside. And you see two buildings sitting opposing each other, both facing the road. As you guys are surveying the scene and can see um, two kind of very crude-looking cops, maybe a little overweight, sitting upon the doors of the building on the left side. Um, and the building on the right is completely unoccupied from the outside. As you see a giant sign that says, Visitor Welcome Center. Welcome to the Nova Space Initiative. And these buildings are very futuristic, almost as if all their funding kind of went into a display, like a grand like showcase of what it can be. There's very thin metal bars going on the side for support, and everything is just glass. But this glass is covered in like a tent foiling that goes over it of different images of space and like very historic events of people going out into the cosmos. Is there is there an area that looks like like it'll have like a staff changing room almost? Uh of the you can't see inside either of the buildings from the outside because of these logos and decals. Um so you can't tell from the outside. You're saying like a changing room? Yeah. Like a locker room. Um from the outside, you really don't have an idea, but you'd probably think that the visitor center would be better off since there are no guards outside. Yeah, we'll start there. Okay, so you guys walk across this parking lot, right, as the light is kind of flickering on and off. And when you come up to the door, this door has the image of rockets blasting off, but when you put your face to it, you can see inside to a giant lobby of different um, achievements that these people have, this center has accomplished with a check-in desk, but it seems to be empty but when you pull the door, the door seems to be locked. Uh, Sandy looks for windows. Yeah, I mean, the whole building is windows. Floor <laughs> to ceiling. Uh, every every 10 feet is like is little small metal bars that come across of it in a very futuristic pattern. Um, but everything is windows. Are any of them openable? No, they're the kind of put in place windows for walls instead of like side windows for air and opening. Hey, I think I might have an idea from a movie I saw once. I open up my wallet and pull out like a little debit card. 
Well, I I saw in this movie once where they kind of put in a debit card to unlock a door. Maybe we can get some luck here. Okay, so you want to use the credit card to kind of jam the door open. Yeah, try to like jam the little, like the piece that goes into the lock kind of. I'll say for here, yeah. So you you put it in, right? You put this credit card in the slits between the doors where you think they would like lock and shut. And it, it very easily clicks open. And putting this card in here, the the lock mechanism that goes between them, it seems to be almost just like a normal door stopper, the normal one that doorknobs connect to. And it pops open pretty easily. And as you step inside of this room, I mean, you can see the various acolytes and achievements that this place has um, with lights just full on overhead, iridescent lights shining on below. Um, and stepping inside, you can now see outside perfectly clear. These images are almost one way on the windows and you can see out into the night perfectly from inside here as the room is a still quiet and you hear the buzzing from the lights overhead with two doors in the opposite side, both behind the kind of check-in counters where like a kiosk for information with various pamphlets and booklets uh, about this complex. Does it look like there's a check-in desk like where a computer would be? Um, there is a computer kind of like a flat screen iMac. I would like to try to unlock it. Yeah, so you walk up and hit the um, hit the power on button and it hums to life and it's starting to boot up. Um, Sandman, what are you doing? Uh, Sandman's going to try the doors in the back. Yeah, they're unlocked. So you can walk through one, which you see to be a supply closet with various like cleaning equipment and sprays and some decals to hang up. Uh, kind of like a janitorial area. And then checking the other door seems to be a staff room, like a break room, some bathrooms, um, a little table for luncheons and meetings and stuff like that. Um, it seems to be like an all-in-one purpose staff room. Sandy's going to check like the drawers of the staff room to see if they can find a key card or a set of keys. Yeah, give me a D6 fate roll here. Um as we come back over to Austin, that's a six. That's a six. <laughs> so you actually find a full-on wallet and a set of car keys that seems maybe there's a workplace incident or somebody forgot them and rode with somebody else. Um, and you can see that it is the wallet of one of the staff here that routinely cleaned the area after dark with a little key card and a clip-on with the extendable retracting like rope that tethers to it that they can put on their uniform uh, in one of the drawers of this break room by one of the desks that says assistant manager, Jacob Michaels. And you see that the wallet matches Jacob Michaels, the assistant manager for the visitor center as Spielberg, this computer hums to life and brings you right into a welcome screen. No login required, but I would say searching this computer is kind of I guess pointless, right? Like you maybe can access yeah. the emails pretty easily. You can see like trafficking and funding and people checking in for tours and stuff. They have a tour guided system that goes on throughout the day, but there's nothing crazy on this. What are you looking for? I was looking to see, since you mentioned check-ins, if anyone of note or if someone's name is like frequently popping up on this check-in list, for the past few weeks or months. Ooh, I like that. Give me a D6 roll. Okay, the dice are hot tonight, so dice I'm expecting a six. are hot tonight. And I think that's a four. Let me double check. That is a four. Four's pretty good. 
Gallo, give me a very general name of a Frenchman. A French Pierre. So <laughs> upon checking the visitor log, there's an archive, right? Like an, an Excel document where some poor person with minimum wage at $37 an hour for minimum wage or at $37 <laughs> an hour is probably typing this in every night waiting to go home, but has to enter the logs. And you can see a certain name that just says Pierre uh, checking in almost every morning into this for probably the last two months. Writes it down in like a little notebook he keeps in his pocket. Is there like any other information that would come with like a check-in thing or is it just like, yeah, he's checked in? It just has checked in for a tour and they're constantly riding a tour bus that goes to all the centers. Got it. Spielberg walks over to Sandman, checking in on him in the staff room. Sandy kind of looks up, jingles the keys, and then signs. Do you want to create a distraction for the two <laughs> guards? Hey, I probably could, but real quick. Um, are there any lockers in this room? Uh, no, there's like a few desks, but not really. It seems like everybody's kind of, you know, basic workers. Okay, I wanted to see if anyone happened to leave a uniform. I would say in the supply closet, Sandman probably noticed a few uniforms, but it is late at night, so there probably wouldn't be visitor center people here, but there are some uniforms, like some polos and khaki shorts, some red polos and khaki shorts that'd be in there. I mean, we do have a night janitor's ID. Mm Mm-hmm. What I was thinking, too. If I climb to the top of the building, or above the guards, and you distract, make them both look in one direction. I can kill the back one quickly and quietly. Hmm. Okay, but I'm not too sure how quiet this thing is. I tap my chest with the new gamer pistol. I might be able to take out both. Okay, how big of a distraction are you looking for? Quiet distraction or like Michael Bay? entrance them entrance them okay you want to put some of that skill in there I got you oh god what's what's your creative score by the way it's a one. Oh, okay. okay Sandy will take out two kunai stick them into the side of the of the uh control center or the un the unmarked building next to the visitor center mm-hmm. and climb up to uh, a height where people looking out for stuff aren't going to look up and see him. Yeah. And then just kind of slide over around the corner to let's just sit above the guards outside. Yeah. So this building is like very obviously one story and very kind of square and bulky um, and flat as you come across the, the thin railings up to the top and pitter patter across. And now you're, like a creature of the night standing above them. And Spielberg, you can see uh, Sandman do this throughout this window that is covering you, but you can see out into the night perfectly. What are you doing? I'm going to walk right out the front door of the visitor center lobby. Kind of like I'm, I own the place. Just walking out, and I kind of like make a loud noise. I just swing these fucking doors open, like not trying to hide anything. Hey, 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 punk. Hey, punk, will you, hey, hey, oh, hey, hey punk, hey, hey, oh, hey, punk. Hey, who the fuck are you? Hey, what are you, who the fuck am I, who the fuck are you, huh? 
Yeah, yeah I punk. asked you who the who fuck are you, you punk? Hey, no, hey, hey, I'm supposed to be hey, here to feel no, a commercial. I'm, my, the I'm letting you know. I'm grabbing my gun. While the first guy is arguing, um, Sandy drops down silently onto the guy in the back and tries to stab him with a kunai. All right, give me a reflexive roll. That is a nine. Now, Damn. let me do some real quick math here. Mm-hmm. Quick maths. If I roll a one... That brings me down to... A failure. A five, yeah. No, yes. Not so really. you're going to take the nine for a partial success for what you want to do with the cost compromiser complication. Um. So yeah, he says, Hey, what the fuck are you doing here? And the other one goes, Yeah, I'm going to fucking... I'll shoot you. I love shooting. And he starts to grab his gun as like you can see Sandman just kind of slip off without any movements, just falling now off the side of this building and dig a kunai straight into the back of the neck of this one. And he goes, and the, the one on the front turns and looks and goes, Hey, what in the fuck is that? Huh? We're working here. And you see him like, and with one hand, pull out a gun, his sidearm and click a button on his hip as he trains this gun on you. What do you do? Shit. Second kunai at him. All right. Give me a reflexive roll. We roll the one. Was a two and a one. Reroll it for a six. So an eight <laughs> plus eight. ten exactly. Eight plus two for a ten. So he pulls out this gun and trains it on you, but the kunai just digs straight into his his throat as he grabs with one hand the one that clicked the button. He goes, "I was I was working here," and falls back, um, letting off a few shots into the skies. His head hits the pavement and cracks, and just goes silent. And you guys now can hear the sounds of. Crickets and frogs kind of chirping and, and, and doing their sounds across the night as the moonlight and the lights from the lights above you in this parking lot illuminate the building. Is it safe to assume that the pistol wasn't silenced that he fired Oh, no, off? it was loud. But you guys are in the middle of, like, some marshlands, so, like, that's not your worry. Maybe the button he clicked. Yeah, I was also kind of worried. I walk up, and I'd like to pat down the one cop that pressed the button and see where that button leads to. Yeah, so you see this button is led to a wire that kind of goes onto his hip. And you can see like a one-way radio transmission because when you see it and maybe pluck it off of his hip, it would be a normal radio, but there seems to be no talk button. Um, But you see a light now flashing on the side of it, bright red. Yeah, fuck. Might need to hurry up on this shit. Looks like they pressed some kind of silent alarm. Sandy takes a kunai and just jabs it into the device. Yep, and it, it, it sputters and shuts off and the light flickers off very quickly. All right. Are the doors locked? Uh, the doors are locked. Can I pat down the guards for keys? Um, you do not find any keys on these guards except for the two unmarked vehicles that are outside, the black Honda Civics um, and their guns and stuff. And maybe one has like a fold-out, quadruple-fold picture of like a family album from Christmas. I take the picture. Okay, okay. It's him and his nine kids, all girls, and his wife. It's going to go on the fireplace. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they just had regular, like, silenced pistols and no, st- just, or regular pistols? Yeah, just normal. Non-silenced? Guns. Yep. Okay. I don't bother picking any of it up. You got my food bar. Yeah. You do, looking at these doors that are locked, see a nine-digit keypad and then also a swipe for like uh, some kind of a card into the side, um, into both doors, as these are very heavy industrial doors, 
Um, and on the first floor, this is still the windows, but if you look closely, the lights on the inside are bright, but you can't see inside as kind of like metal reinforcement is going across the windows. Okay. I did get a key card from you did. the wallet, right? All right. Swipe the key card. And when you swipe the key card, you see a green light blink twice and you can hear the door that you are next to unlock. Which door did you open? There are two, one on the left and one on the right. I'll take one on the left. So when you walk into this room, everything is brightly illuminated and you hear very quickly the humming of AC and the static of like all the machines whirling and blinking and beeping. But most of them seem to be in like standby mode as all the uh, digital screens are turned off in black, but the lights of the keypad entries are still turned on. Um, and you see different server racks in the corners um, as it seems to be some kind of a data room. And then kind of going around this, right, like there's a one door on the side. It seems like a like kind of like a windmill foundation of a circular pattern across this building. You step through one of the doors that is now unlocked on the inside. And you can see various machines that seem to kind of predict the weather, the tilt and access and different gravitational forces. As All these displays are illuminated. And you can summarize that this is the command center of the backup launch control center as you see various rocket gauges and fuels, and you can see the fuel amount for one of them to be turned on to max, as one of the rockets seems to be filled up, but you can see very, very obviously on the bottom, input disabled, uh, kind of in a red banner at the bottom of it, and you get that this is the backup, and that it has not been enabled. But you can see the status of something called the Rocket One Polaris uh, listed above there. And then you can see kind of on a big screen, um, you can see a video feed of a very shitty quality image of a very giant asteroid that seems to be formed of mainly metals and rock. Just this huge calamity uh, kind of going through the sky um, and various feeds on the side saying codename Starfall and kind of updating geo, geo whatever. You can see like updating fields of where this is and a proximal location scattered upon then you go to the next room and you can kind of get a sense that this room is very unoccupied at this moment as all the inputs are disabled and you see a communications room with various like relay channels talking around the post and stuff like that. Um, and as you walk back up to the one door you didn't come in, you see a room that seems to be labeled emergency ops with various routines in the case of things going wrong, what to do and what buttons to press. Okay, so it looks like a lot of the communication of stuff going on around here is run through the communications room, right? Yeah. Okay, is there a USB port? I will say there is a few USB ports on one of the machines, but you notice upon further inspection that all of these channels are listed as channel 2. It's almost as if it's a relay. Kind of like a a backup center for comms in case things go down at the other one. It's like a fail-safe. Well, that's fine. I've got a USB that blows up electronics. I plug it in. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you plug that in, I'm curious. Do you think we can listen in on the conversations through this? Kind of get an idea of what's going on before we just fry that shit? Sandman lightly sighs and then goes to a speaker and turns it on. So you hear a bunch of static and then maybe one of like a security officer having a conversation about a football game that he probably should have turned off his radio, but he did not. But you hear a bunch of background noise and nothing really going on. And most of the channels, you can actually see 64 channels displayed. And most of them have no 
waves coming through them. None of the lights are kind of flashing from left to right as more sound amplifies through it. It seems like the communication channels at this point are not being used this late into the night. All right, fry that shit. All right, I plug in the when USB. You plug in this USB. No, give me a D6 real quick. I just want to see something. Right. It's a five. A five. <laughs> so you that plug does. this USB into one of the machines and you can like hear a stream of humming as if like uh, an electrical current is taking place, kind of like feeding data through um, when it fries. And slowly, one by one, machines start shutting off around this and then you hear a breaker flip as like a, an emergency override shutting off and all the power in this room goes dark and this building is now without power as one of the breaker panels in the back of the emergency ops room has now flipped all right ah so they're breaker panels Spielberg would like to go to where the breakers are and flip them all off. Uh, yeah, so you walk up, and when you flip it open, you notice all of them already off, as if something had tripped it and shut them off in the in, in an emergency situation. Beautiful. Sandy will walk outside and uh, press the door lock button on the keys to see which, uh, which car we got. Hey, too bad we couldn't hear shit, but at least the data center's fried, too. <laughs> The USB was useful after all. It was, it was. Just make sure you don't plug that shit into our TV back home. Don't mix it up with the other shit. <laughs> so, where do you think we should be going after this? I was thinking the other control center maybe, but that button kind of worries me a little bit. The little flashy one on the radio thing. Just means move quickly. Okay, okay. Well, since this one's pretty much all shut out, uh, actually, before we go from here, should we break shit a little bit more so they have no way to use this instead of just flipping a breaker? I do think the stuff here is well and truly fucked. Yeah, I gave you a fucking USB that can't be read twice and you're plugging it into shit. I, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to think on my way out, I've ripped a few cables out of the data center just passing by, unplugging random shit on the way out just to make sure. Yeah, sounds good. So when you click the key fob, both of them unlock and the lights turn on. Beautiful. Goddamn fucking government bullshit. <laughs> Everything's keyed to the same fob. <laughs> yep. like, that's not going to be a fucking problem. Sandy uncharacteristically rolls their eyes and just goes to the closest car, opens it up. I, I hop right in the passenger seat. I think we'll start heading towards the main launch control center. And on our way there, is there like a radio in the car? Like not like a music radio, but like a communications radio. Yeah. There's like an Elmer consulate across the dash. Fantastic. A mobile Elmer. Um, yep. I flip that shit on and start clicking through different channels, trying to pick up something just to be safe. Yeah. You come to one um, very quickly and you hear, we have an emergency response code, uh, R-E-D, coming uh, from Launchpad E, welcome center, yeah, and then you hear someone say, yeah, I know what the fuck E is, yeah, uh, what's it say? Yeah, well, um, it seems like in a distress signal, I, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm new, I can't really read it. At this point, I'd like to pick up the mic that's in the car. Okay. And, uh, talk back to the channel. 
Hey, sorry guys. I accidentally pressed that shit while I was trying to take a shit over in the bushes. That's my bad, okay? Give me a creative roll. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Hot dice, hot dice, plus one. Let's see this shit. That is a five, That's a five. five plus one, so a six. One more. One more. One more? Yeah, Come it's on. 2d6. It's a give me, fantastic Give me roll. real hot dice. Five? And a five? five. A, That's a ten. Eleven? Eleven. There we yeah. go. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah, Ro Roger. Um, yeah, I was just uh, and you happen to sound like one of the guys to him over this shitty radio, and he says, "Um, yeah, you on accident? Yeah, it it ha no, it doesn't fucking happen. What do you? Hey, Roger, you say you you hit the button by accident, huh? Yeah, I was trying to take a shit. How the fuck do you hit the button when you put it on your waistband? You take the pants off, take a shit. You take a shit with your pants hey, on, you fucking pussy boy. Have you seen how fat I am? Do you know how big this yeah. belt is? This You're belt just clipped the fucking button, okay? It's right there on fucking uh, hip. Shit design. Hey, you know what, you fat ass? Guess what? I'm writing this down in the book. It's going in the logs. I'm, I'm, I'm radio control. I'm doing my job. You're not risking this. I got three wives to pay for. Hey, that's I'm perfectly writing this fine. shit down, huh? Hey, at least I'm working here, okay? Yeah, you know what? I like you, man. You know what? Hey, Steven. Yeah, what? What do you want? You need me to help out? No, fuck you. Hey, turn the radio off. You know what? Nah. Hey, Roger, man. I like you. Keep it up, man. Keep taking those big old shits. Browns to the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck you, Steven. Come on, man. I'm new to here. And then uh, the, you hear him say, <laughs> and then the radio goes silent. Click up the mic, and that's how it's done, okay? Sandy is driving with, like, the... If you've ever seen the Captain Picard with his, you know, head, is in, head in his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to? Oh, uh, we're going to the main control center. All right. So you're going to the main control center, the launch control center and payload integration building. Um, as you come on to Complex C around a very long bend, um, you come across a clearing that seems to be designated Landing Zone Delta across it with some kind of flashing white lights on the bottom where you can assume where a rocket normally would meant to land, but it's not fully constructed. Like half of it is poured. You see rebar. It's not finished. This landing zone has not been finished being built. As you wrap around and in the distance you can see more street lights start to bend and you see the parking lot for the launch control center and this building is like a three-story building very very obviously standing out um with various patterns you can see from super far as like spotlights are training on it to illuminate like skies and star and space and the building to the right seems to have kind of like a payload warehouse-esque vibe from this distance coming along the road, maybe you turn off your lights as you drive because there's enough street lights to illuminate it. You can see kind of like a warehouse facility illuminated um, and some cars sitting outside with their lights on. And as you are driving kind of close, still far enough away with your lights off to not be seen, the lights flicker off uh, and a few police officers get out and start walking back over to the buildings. Hey there, everyone. Uh, quick little sidebar here in the episode. Uh, if you have a system in the playtesting stage and you want us to playtest it, please send it to wnhcontact at gmail.com. Uh, new episodes come out every other Friday at 6 a.m. 
Um, that's it. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. Police officers. Yeah, the same, the kind of rented cops that you saw before. Okay, not like oh, okay. official officers. Yes, it's more like security patrol that they, they, they rented. Hey, Sandy, I don't think that trick is going to work twice here. Uh, what do you think we should do? I am thinking we try to pull some bullshit and uh, plow right through these fuckers. Sandy will kind of like pull off the road a little bit, just out of vision, park the car, kind of shrug as if they don't know what to do. Because Braden is thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking too. Um, So is this building, does it look similar to the other one where it's like all glass welcome center? Or is this like sturdy as shit? So you can see from outside that it has the same floor to ceiling glass walls. Um, but the light peering through these decals they have put up of like a space atmosphere, you can see metal reinforcements going through the windows. Mm. Uh, the storage center, is it like windows or is it like hardened metal? Like, yeah. So the storage center has three giant hangar bays that where you could assume like giant trucks can pull up to and back into. And the entire thing is just like a full metal building, um, with a roof that slightly overhangs. Sandy says, let's try to fry the main communications. I agree with you there, but how are we going to get in there? There's three of them, two of us. We could be pretty good. We could probably kill them in all honesty, but I'm worried about that little button on their hip. I don't think the taking the shit excuse is going to work twice. If we do this, we probably got to get out of here pretty fast. I will say with knowing about the button on the hip, you guys maybe scan the three of them. So there's two by the main control center and one by the storage. The one kind of off to the side, leaned up between two doors, smoking a cigarette, um, has that uh, device on their hip with one single beeping red light that's very slow and rhythmic. as the other two are like kind of look tense as they expected something to happen. They look very rookie-ish and you notice one from the radio channel. So you you can you can get a very quick sense that one of them has the distress beacon on them. Can the other two see the one that's leaning up between the doors? Like, yeah, they're pretty view? flushed. They're pretty flushed. It's plain view. If they were looking at something else, maybe not because he is off closer to you guys. But right now, like, if they looked, they could see him. It's pretty obvious. They're the both buildings are flush with a small alleyway between them, like enough for a car to drive through. Okay. Um. Sandy's going to walk around the back of the main control center to see if there's like a, you know, one of those doors without a handle on the outside. Give me a D6 roll. You need a six here. Nope. That's a four. So you walk around and you do see four sets of breaker panels. As you walk around the storage facility and the lights are off back here into the small parking area behind the storage kind of barn. And you walk behind the mission control center and see four breaker panels. And opening them, you see just hundreds of switches and breakers. Is there a USB port? (laughs) No. No. I will say I won't be upset if you destroy it the next time we use it. (laughs) in all Um, fairness i agree spielberg is going to follow up behind sandman kind of just tap him on the shoulder hey are any of those labeled for the outdoor lights uh sandy pops 
uh, one of the um, one of the breaker things open. You see them all to be shittily labeled one through like 154. Sandy shrugs. Do I still have rope? Why don't we try to take out the guys up front? I'll make sure the guy with the button doesn't do nothing. You take out the other two. They look like pretty shitty newbies. And Sandy nods. Fan-fucking-tastic. And I think I could line up a pretty good shot against that first one. Uh, do you have a way to come from around the other side while they distracted on me to get at least one or two of them rookies from behind? Sandy just takes uh, Kunai out and stabs it into the side of the building. <laughs> okay. And Spielberg is going to go back to where he was over by the part where we hid the car, looking off to the storage area. Okay. Pretty much looking at that one cop as yeah. he waits to see any sign of Sandman getting close to the targets. You see two of the cops next to the mission control building. Uh, just kind of talking amongst themselves. And from where you're standing, you can see the one kind of rented cop outside the storage leaning with a cigarette in his mouth and this little distress signal on his hip uh, playing Candy Crush on his phone. Do you want me to drop on top of the one with the alarm? No, I can get the one with the alarm. If you can help take care of the other two, that'd be greatly appreciated. Just let me know when you're ready. Just send me a signal and I'll stop my distraction. Sandy will take out one of the kunai and just kind of like reflect the light from a nearby lamppost at Spielberg. Got it. Spielberg pulls out his uh, gamer foobar blaster. Oh my god. And as he's walking forward, he slaps the fucking belt buckle. And he's like, hey, you want to see some real movie magic? As he turns into black and purple diamonds. Walking straight up to this cop and just holds the pistol out to him. And he's like, hey, dodge this shit. And pulls the trigger. All right, give me a forceful roll. Forceful? Yeah. Got it. Is that just 1d6 or 2d6? 2d6. So attributes, forceful, tactical, creative, and reflexive will be 2d6. Yeah. Plus your whatever. First one for luck. What is that? I think it's a six. Let me double check before I roll. Um... No, it's a two. I was going to say it looked like a two or a four. Oh, that is, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see that more. It got a little dark as the sun sets. Yeah. All right, next die. Do you have a two for a four? What's your forceful, a one? It's a zero. Zero. Do you have war dice? Oh, wait. Actually, no, it is a plus one. Because it's a plus one because you're in the, your phase. Yep, yeah. Because I'm in the phase. So you have a five. It's still a failure. But do you have war dies? I, I do don't not. think so. All right. But I'm also shooting him. So you don't do what you wanted to do and things go wrong somehow. So you unclack this and hit the button and uh, like retro Tetris music starts blasting. Just it almost sounds like a mix of like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Tetris just blasting over this. And the cigarette drops and all three of them turn towards you and you say what you said. As they kind of start to reach towards their hips, but like the one in front, but does not yet. Um, they all like go for a quick draw, right? Um, 
as you pull the trigger and just giant purple and blue neon blasts of lasers start just ripping through the siding and the front door of the storage center, just collapsing one of them as you go choo, 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 choo from the right door all the way to the left. And the recoil picks up, right? And the recoil does like a 45 degree arc upwards and to the left as you rip through this building and collide with something inside of the storage center, causing an explosion um, that kind of deafens you for a second and giant bright lights happen as you can get a sense that you hit some propane accessory inside of this that lights this building on fire as your bullets ring out hitting the building shattering the glass of the uh, mission control center just ringing out and splitting the side of the wall as it hits just behind sandman causing the ceiling tile that he is standing on to kind of cave way and start sliding out as sandman begins to fall so Sandy will take out something I didn't realize I had based off of the climber thing now. His grappling hook, grapple uh -huh. gun, and shoot it off to the neighboring building and try to swing down and use that momentum to take out one of the other guards. Give me a reflexive roll. <laughs> Six. Uh, that's plus two for an eight. For an eight. All right, so you land the grappling hook perfectly into this building as it's on fire, and you sweep down, and what are you trying to do? Take out the guards with what? Like, just hitting them, a kunai as you're swinging? What does this look like? A kunai. So you swing down and, like, stab one of them in the back with a kunai. Um, do you, What's your damage for the kunai? Three. Okay, as... <laughs> that's perfect. As it hits into the back of the guy with the distress signal... And he just immediately collapses, holding the kunai in his hand to the back of his neck and hits the ground. And you swing up, but the building of the storage center kind of collapses inwards from the fire that is now rapidly spread, causing off a chain reaction. So you land flat-footed on top, and then two explosions happen. And the center of this building collapses, and you start to fall inwards. And you can see two people... Um, on opposite ends of the corners, kind of going through an inventory list as chunks of concrete and rebar dig through their back, pinning them into the ground as both of them start to scream outwards and you fall into the storage room and are now standing in this room now on fire with three shut doors as the cop with the distress signal is now dead with the kunai in his back. Okay. I'm not on fire. The room no. is correct. Okay. The room is on the outside. Yes. I promise I'll save you, Sandman. We're not going to have a weekly character death. I just, I'm trying, this whole time I've been trying to figure out what scrambles emotions means. I got no fucking idea. Because that's what my psionic grenade does. So I'm in a, I'm in a storage bay. Uh, Sandy looks fire. around. Yeah. Is there anything like useful in here for the mission or to get out of here? You see a bunch of like construction equipment, various panels and solar lighting for different rocket arrays and a shit ton of gasoline, petroleum, fucking a bunch of explosives inside of here, mainly used as like rocket fuel and gas for vehicles. Oh, that's very nice. Um, Sandy's going to give a thumbs up to the people screaming with a uh, rebar sticking through them and then take the grapple gun and shoot it at the hole in the ceiling. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um give me a reflexive roll. 
this is definitely high high risk. So a three, re-rolling the one for a four. Four plus two is a six plus two. Plus two for an eight. Yeah, so you grapple the side of one of the one of the like ceiling rebar pieces that hold the the roofing concrete together and yank yourself forward not before um kind of like a piece of flaming debris fall down and hit a tank that causes a chain reaction exploding outwards just eviscerating the people below you as you launch yourself up into the air and the flames kind of like scald your your pants burning the hems of it and kind of honestly burning and slightly lighting on fire your pants from the knee down as you land into the ground and get hurt for one damage, kind of landing ungracefully um, as you pat your pants fire out. And now your pants below the knee are no longer there, and you took one damage from the fall. As the building starts to crumble and collapse and land, and both of you can see that the two cops remaining, one of them pull out a radio and starts yelling, Help, help, Sector C, there's, there's somebody here in Sector C, help, quick! And they pull out their guns and train both of them on Spielberg. Spielberg, what do you do? Since I forgot when I did the transformation, I need to roll 1d6 for my health, for yep. this form. Is this, like, added onto my HP? Or nope, does it replace that's your my HP, HP now, okay. it replaces it, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, please be a 6. Yeah, if it's a 1, sheesh. It's a 5. It's a 5, that's I will good. I fucking take it. Yeah, fuck yeah. So you have 5 HP right now in your new form. What are you okay. doing as both cops have their guns trained on you? So what I'm thinking is I'm going to use precognition here. I am going to... Are the rent-a-cops still lined up? Yes. Seeing how much damage this fucking foobar did to these metal doors, I'm going to hope that I can shoot through the first one and shoot the one behind it as well. Like okay. a singular yeah, shot. Well, give me a forceful roll to see if you pull off a singular shot Dude. of this fucking mayhem weapon. As Dude, Sandman, you sits. land between both buildings, one collapsing to the side, um, and the flames kind of flickering off of the windows and glass of the Mission Control Center. As Austin rolled, what was for your first one? Um, I don't know, but my other one fell behind my desk. Give me a second to go get it. That Gela, what is that, a th- <laughs> A three or a five? I'm going to turn on the funny. lights to see if that helps. Oh, yeah, definitely. A three or think. four. A five? It's a five. Five. For the first one? There we go, yeah. And the second? They're so sparkly. I really I wish I could have taken the roll that I got that six? fell. It was a four. <laughs> I hear. Okay. Doing a real roll because it fell out of the tray. Okay. A five. Or a ten plus one for an, a fucking eleven. No. Uh, give me a 3d6 roll. 3d6. God damn. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Five, five, four. God damn. <laughs> five, five, four for ten, fourteen. They had a max of six total. As you start to pull the trigger and can feel this start to wind up and this purple and, and cyan like energy pulsating, you almost pull it and then you stop and focus and just tap it lightly. And one pulsing beam shoots out. Um, and as it comes, you can see, Sandman, that this tracing round of plasmatic energy has an aura of just a bright yellow chaotic spiking energy. 
as itself shoots and trains through the heads of both of these cops and they drop to the ground. <laughs> That's what you call pro gamer move. We're going to think about that later. Uh, Sandy runs up to see. Uh, actually, I got a key card. I'm going to try the key card on one of the doors on the front of the mission control building. As you walk up and scan the key card into the building of the mission control room, you input it and the light starts to flick green for a second when a giant katana slices into the keypad and it sputters and flickers off. And as the door starts to open, it shuts very quickly. And both of you turn and see a man sitting across in the tree line covered in metal platings and flickering lights and and pulsating energy like through his body and sandman you can see that his aura is a very calming blue but it is very wide very large very strong this energy is almost blinding of his aura but it's a very smooth blue as this katana is now kind of between you two into the keypad and they're staring at you and their face is blocked by like a, a metal mask covering from head to, to chin. And their body seems to have wiring connecting all of their ligaments together. And their eyes flick from blue to red. And they kind of ready themselves and peer down at you. Fuck it. I'm going to take aim with my world-ending weapon. Okay. Roll forceful, I believe. So, one, two... So six and zero. So six. Um, Son of a bitch, I hate this weapon. <laughs> that's just your that's just your role. Um what happens here is you you quickly train this weapon. What does it call it? Oh, the Fubar rifle. Yeah. So what happens here is you quickly train your Fubar rifle on this kind of cyborg ninja guy that has stepped out of the bushes. And as you do, you you pull the trigger, right? And that giant hum of energy and it shoots out just blasting retro Tetris music again um, as it flies at him. And he rolls straight to the side. And as he rolls, dodging it, your kind of arc of, of energy beams cleave the trees, cutting everything on the other side of this road in half and actually sever a light post that comes slamming down into the parking lot, hitting one of the squad cars that were unmarked as the car alarm starts going off. And you can feel like tension for a second. As you can see, a kind of a tight wire has wrapped around the handle of this, and he is now basically connected to your weapon and is attempting to pull it out of your hands. Sandy takes a kunai and tries to sever the wire. Give me a reflexive roll. That is an 8 plus 2 for a 10. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, so you throw a kunai in just this wire just rips in half, and he actually, this cyborg man, uh, kind of gets launched backwards a little bit, kind of falling off of his feet before doing a backflip, kind of a tuck, and is now on all fours and is kind of still staring at you as he starts to get back up. Hey, what the fuck do you want, you robo-looking freak? You need to leave. I need to leave? You can actually see from the bottom of his ankles these tiny little pods start to ignite and explode, launching him up in the air, flying in an arc towards Spielberg. All right. Uh, Sandy will, right before he take, tries to take a swipe at Spielberg, uh, attempt to throw another kunai to um, 
to hopefully disrupt one of the jets on his feet. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. So I you're going that. for like to disrupt his path is what you're yes. attempting to do with this. All right, yeah, give me another reflexive roll. I'm going to re-roll the three. A I hate my life. Yeah. For a five. For a five. So you throw this uh, kunai at him as he's kind of flying in an arch towards Spielberg. As he does like a, a barrel roll in midair and actually redirects your kunai straight into Spielberg. Roll damage for me on that kunai. Shit. It's three. Okay, so Spielberg, you take three damage as the kunai lodges uh, like kind of into your clavicle. But you have two armor, and it also is a projectile. So as the kunai is coming at me, I twist my body and angle it so when the kunai hits me, it sends it right back at Pierre, going right for his little ankle rockets. Yeah, I'll let that happen because it's one use, so that works perfectly. Um, you, yeah, you reflect it back towards him as he does, uh, does the kick, and it hits his rocket, which makes it kind of like use all of the pressurized stuff inside of it, the pressurized gas, and kind of launch him back into the pavement, and he hits the pavement with a one slide with one palm down, his uh, katana angled backwards as he slides across this uh, to the other side of the pavement. Fuck, he's cool. As he's sliding, am I able to get a shot off with my foobar? Yeah, you can. I'm putting that one dice in jail for a moment. Okay. Use my other one. 2d6, let's go. Plus forceful. Five, oh, six, shit. seven, eight. As this cyborg-esque man is sliding backwards across the pavement, you uh, let loose another barrage of just kind of energy beams that hit the pavement, sending scatters of concrete up towards him. And he begins jumping and kind of bouncing off of each concrete piece and using them to lever himself up in the air as he um, goes to throw his katana and you hit him square in the chest uh, with this uh, with this rifle's energy beam and send him flying back into the trees uh, pretty far. Roll 3d6 damage. <laughs> you Mario jumping fuck. Six, seven, eight, nine. Nine damage. Nine damage? Yep. He gets blasted off into the trees, and you can like you can see him flying for probably the first five or ten feet as these first kind of waves and rows of trees are just severed. Um, but he falls out into the shadows of the night into the tree line behind. And so I team rocketed his ass. You can yeah. Yeah, and you can hear the wind kind of flow onwards um, as things go silent, and you can hear crickets kind of singing their tunes once again. Shit, I don't think he's gone, but let's get our asses in there real quick. Sandy nods, walks over to the corpse of one of the uh, guards, grabs a pistol, puts it in his waistband, and... Uh, and as you're pulling out this pistol, you actually find a key, but it's not like a normal, typical key. It's it's a magnet on the end of this key. Hmm. Sam, it'll take the key. And uh, I guess if there's an obvious spot for it, he'll stick it to that spot. And I'll say there is not, but you probably slide this kind of on the outside of the door for a little bit. And after you're probably 10, 20 seconds of just sliding around the door... Um, you come across a spot that it connects to and you can feel the magnetism hold and you pull it off uh, underneath holding a single button that when you click this button, 
the doors unlock from the inside. Sandy pushes the door open. Hey! And heads inside. Good shit. Kind of put my hand on his back and kind of push us in as we walk through the door. <laughs> Making sure to close it behind us. As you guys walk through it, um, you're in kind of a small entrance lobby. It seems like this is mainly meant for workers. So there's random posters about, you know, timesheets and different motivational stuff kind of up on the side of it and cool pictures and awards and accomplishments that this kind of rocket launching facility has gained over the, over the few years, the accolades and stuff of that nature. And turning around, you see that this door from the inside is a cross beam that can splinter off holding it in place that you can't see from the outside um, as the picture would cover it normally. Um, but you do see this giant kind of T metal reinforced crossbeam that you assume sticks out and holds it in place. Hey, you see anything around that we can use to jam this shit? So fucking French ninja over there can't get in? Oh, you also see a button next to it that has a big red button that says emergencies only. Well, fuck, it is an emergency. Salmon, you want to push the button or would you, you'd like me to do it? Would you like the honors? And Sandy just hits it with like a hammer fist. Up against the wall. As you do, I want both of you to roll tactical for me. Ah, fuck. Jesus Actually, not Lord. tactical, not tactical. Ref uh, I want both of you to roll reflexive. Okay, that's better. Uh, 2d6, right? Yes. 6. 6. Yellow got a 7 plus 2 for a 9. Right? I shouldn't have re-rolled that 3. Did you roll a six and a three and re-roll the three? Yeah. Yeah, I would have had an 11. Um, <laughs> so now I have a nine, yeah. So what I'll say is um, with a nine. Oh, that's so close. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So as you go to slam this button shut, you can see just a flash as it's illuminated by light. This katana streaking across the kind of parking lot. Outside of this door, as it's coming in, you can see it's aiming at Spielberg. You get a sense that you could either very quickly hit this button or grab the katana out of the air. Oh, I'm grabbing the katana, dude. <laughs> as he balls up his fist to hit the button, he sees the, the katana coming in. His hand, which is raised up currently, just drops to, to slam on top of the katana and snatch it out of the air. With the rocket still running for a second. <laughs> That's fucking badass. Um, yeah, and you can see that uh, the cyborg man has now stepped out onto the to the sidewalk once again, and he lets loose kind of some like wrist rockets that spiral through the air as you slam the button um, and shut the door, and it locks. And you can just hear the impact of these little tiny missiles that seem to be trained too well following you. You could assume that they're heat-seeking missiles as they slam into the door and do little small explosions on the outside. And as you go to step and turn away to maybe walk into the next room or talk to each other, you can hear that they kind of burrow for a little bit into this door and then explode, leading very tiny holes in this door. They're pretty small. They're, it's more like cracks and fractures instead of a hole that anything can get through. All right. There's a scene where Sandy just like looks over the katana, almost reminiscing about days long past <laughs> before going up to the door at the end of the... Uh, going up to the inner door and turning that and shouldering that open to try and get a uh, jump on whoever's behind it. Yeah, as we're oh, walking the, the door into the room. 
I want to describe what you see on this katana. If, 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 that's what you oh, meant, okay. though, like, right? You're going into yeah. the main room. Yeah, yeah, let me pull up a sheet. Hang on. As we're walking over there, I'm patting Sam in on the back, being like, hey, I didn't know you were an action star. Pretty cool shit. <laughs> Your stunt double teach you that. An almost imperceptible smile on, uh, <laughs> on Sandy's face. And when you look down and look over this blade, you can see that it was once a forged katana. And you've probably seen quite a few in your days. But you can see that the blade itself has been almost replaced 75% with some kind of material you don't recognize. It seems slightly alien to you, mainly arcane, as it has a kind of glimmer of this purple and blue tint into the actual metal woven into the blade. And looking at the hilt, you can see that it is wrapped in kind of like a cloth with these little rockets to propel it on both sides of it. And the hilt, the coverings on it actually are kind of torn away a little bit from how much it's been used. And you can see engraved into this hilt kind of just circular intricate interwoven patterns. And in the middle of it, you see a kind of foreign arcane sigil in the middle of this radiating outwards. We're going to pretend like that won't be a problem in the future. And, uh... Sandy goes and reaches for the door heading further inside and shoulders it open. First try. Yep. 